0: Ann and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. We, the people, cannot turn back
1: On our show, we often talk about corruption, malfeasance, ineptitude, and the general bending over of the little guy by big government and the incorporated oligarchs we see diminishing the American dream day in and day out, usually saying our piece about these topics and moving on to the next. But what happens when it's close to home, to our neighbors, to our fellow Michiganders? How do we handle something as delicate as this? Honestly, it truly is a whole lot easier being the Monday morning quarterback of sorts on our show airing our grievances in regards to the shortcomings and sleight of hand cons we see happening in our government, economy, and culture throughout the United States. But when it is something that is one part greed, one part malfeasance, and one part negligence, amalgamating harm to our neighbors, a short two hour car ride away, it hits different. Our show wasn't around when the Flint water crisis surfaced or in the very least was acknowledged. I wish you were to hopefully be a part of bringing awareness to the catastrophe happening there. Everyone plays a part in trying to solve the problem. And I believe ours is articulating matters of contention that are before us as a collective attempting to bring clarity and attention to the issues of the day. Are we perfect at it? No, far from it. As our motto is just as much as a disclaimer, being as being self-titled intellectual idiots. So, when we heard about Kalamazoo, the corporation graphics packaging that was skirting its responsibilities of being a decent member of the local community, and the apathetic response from local, regional, and national government bodies, we felt a responsibility to do what we do best talk about it. As we talked about it, I, as I'm sure Dan and Belle did too, felt the passion, the frustration, and the willingness to do something about it bubbling up like yeast in a fermenter. We decided to put together a series on the issue. We had to, we had to interview people, and we had to see it, smell it, and feel it for ourselves. The excitement was contagious between the three of us when planning the trip. The ideas of this might be our break, get us attention, get us experience of being journalists were quickly convoluted with what we set out to do in the first place: help the people of Kalamazoo. We reached out, set up interviews, made the trip to the city, and quickly had the realization set in that this isn't just a story; these are people, people some who were glad we were covering a topic such as this, and others who called us grifters. Hard working, agitated people who had to deal with this issue every day, while people like us who honestly want to help and do things in good faith are miles away in neighborhoods that don't deal with the incompetence on a scale like the people in Kalamazoo. Being called grifters honestly hurt. Are we grifting? Are we just trying to grab the coattails for clout on the backs of fellow working-class Michiganders who have it worse off than us? Visiting the city, talking to members of the community, seeing the factory, smelling the nastiness of the exhaust mixed with the smell of sewage from the wastewater plant, coupled with friendly people, beautiful parks, good food, and good beer. Redditor Scott's words echoed in my head the whole time. I don't want our city to get a bad name for itself like Flint. There's a resurgence here, and yes, graphics packaging is a terrible company, but I don't want the city to be tarnished. These words still stick with me as we shed light on the injustices of the people. The, the injustices people face. To be fair and not beat ourselves up too much, this was our first time this is the first time our show handled something this delicately. Not thinking about the responsibility we were taking on and tackling something like this, I take this lesson to heart, to do better, have more empathy when tackling issues that are tangible, especially if I'm going to look the people I'm talking to in the eyes and ask questions. To find that perfect balance of treating the people with dignity and respect while bringing attention to problems the people face will be a challenge. Even if we are called grifters by some along the way, a challenge nonetheless, I believe we are suited for on our never-ending quest to bring truth to power, hold leaders accountable, and bring attention to the malfeasances the American people face day in and day out. I just think that was a good wrap-up, a little reflection on uh, how I feel about it. Like I'm, You know what I mean? I think it was pretty good. What do you think?
0: Uh, I think part of it kind of sounded like you were uh, apologizing for using the wrong pronouns.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's well, kind of, because like, yeah, like it's, it's, uh, if we're actually going to be doing this kind of stuff, I just think that it's at least worth acknowledging that we don't want to be grifters. We don't want to do the status quo thing. Well, I <laughs> guess that'll just,
0: I've been recording for fucking eight minutes. We'll just, we'll just jump right into it right from there. Uh, I, 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 you know, I kind of feel your. Uh, I, I kind of feel it because we talked to, Brandy Crawford, who is the basically, I mean, whether she is or she isn't, she feels as if she's kind of the number one activist when it comes to holding graphic packaging and uh, others in the Kalamazoo area are responsible for the pollution that's been going on for. You know, whatever you want to say, decades, years, doesn't matter. Um, we know that this has been occurring for a long time, and it's gotten to the point where people are saying that it's it's affecting their health, whether it be acutely or whether it be long term exposure. Um, and then you couple that with with the uh, interview that we did with with Redditor Scott, and you have two people that are so they care so much about fixing this problem but they're definitely coming at it from different perspectives and i think it was you and it's i hearing perfect. their hearing their perspectives that kind of made us think a little bit more differently about like the way that um people within the actual communities that are being affected think about it if that makes sense.
1: It does. I was, gonna, I was just going to add uh, different perspectives and different objectives. Brandy's objective is to bring awareness to this. Yes. And, you know, the, we just had an update. There is a class action lawsuit that is being, that has been filed against graphic packaging, but she wants to help people get out of the city. That's her objective. Scott's objective is to embrace Kalamazoo and make it a better city so he can live there
0: and he brought up a point that we mentioned in the interview that you and I had never thought of that i think even long-term journalists never really think of which is that you know that's his fucking town dude and like he he his his one of his big points in that interview that we did was that he doesn't want Kalamazoo to have a bad name and when you have this uh you know paper company or this packaging company that's been you know that, that that's throwing out pollutants into the atmosphere within that town, and and that's that's constantly being covered, which it's not yet on a on a national scale. But when that's constantly being covered, and his point was comparing it to places like Flint, Michigan. I mean, it, comparing it to places like um. I mean, he didn't say uh this one in particular, but I I know where he was going with it. You know, places like Jackson, Mississippi, right? Where Flint is. Us, uh, east palestine right like we like that east palestine is now a place that is going to be synonymous with flint michigan a chemical spill Mm -hmm. where it's like you already have this this pretty broke area right yeah definitely Um, class former you know the former middle class worker where it's like this is an area that's that wants to to every area though every area wants to have people come to them they don't want people exiting and that's that was scott's main point was it's like you know let's let's see if we can figure this out you know with eagle and with the epa and get graphic packaging to get their shit together before we make it a national story because like scott didn't sound like he had an issue with making it a national story he just sounded like uh it was was hoping to
1: solve the problem before before it became
0: before it had to get to that point, because because he doesn't want Kalamazoo to be a place that is synonymous with pollution and like negativity. He wants Kalamazoo to be a place that people actually want to come to and right. want to live. And that be, being outsiders and, and being you know the faux journalists that we are, it's not that's not something that we think about until I had heard Scott actually say it on the show, and it makes complete sense because. Corey, we're Detroiters, right? We're actually suburbanites of Detroit, but we're Detroiters. And what do we hate most?
1: The negativity we, about to, the negativity about Detroit,
0: particularly from whom though? From outsiders, right? When when yeah. outsiders talk shit about Detroit, you and I, we have issues with that. You and I can talk shit about Detroit
1: all we want. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to say, isn't that interesting? That if when you if when you're out of town and someone talks shit about Detroit, the first thing you say is, "No, Detroit is not that bad." <laughs> yeah yeah you, you feel the and need right? to defend it yeah absolutely. but when it's someone like charlie duff doing it you're like hell yeah charlie <laughs> you know what i mean because he's a detroiter yeah absolutely. and so i think like, that's understandable it's relatable i get that mm-hmm. and but him saying it putting that in our faces really it is that of the two interviews you know because we were following it a lot of the things we heard from these people are things that we already knew but it was important to bring it to the listener. Mm-hmm. That is probably one of the things that stuck with me the most. I agree. From these interviews, and that was in my head the whole time we were in Kalamazoo, and that's why I wanted to reiterate that. Like, it is a beautiful city. We we dissed at uh oh fuck what was that uh that I forgot
0: the, I forgot the name of the park. It's uh, um,
1: well Kalamazoo
0: Kalam uh, is it Kalamazoo Whites Kalamazoo Ones? I don't even know. See, like that's how little we know. Uh, Kalamazooians. It's to the, it's to the, it's to the east of the river, large park, Her- Her- heritage park. It's, I don't, can't remember what it was, but we played disc, we played some disc golf. There It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful, beautiful park. It was, and it was packed and it didn't stink.
1: It was Seymour fine. Lake.
0: Se- okay. I don't know. I
1: can't, I no, can't I'm remember. I'm just kidding. It was not Seymour Lake. It was Spring Valley Park. Spring Valley Park.
0: Yeah. We spent, I mean, almost a whole day there. Playing mm-hmm. disc golf, going through the park, it was packed. It, it smelled fine. There was I, mean, I didn't have an issue. You didn't have an issue. Nothing
1: but friendly people.
0: There's a little bit of a sewage smell, but that's only because there was, you know, sewers within the park. Uh, you know, every time we smelled sewage, we were like, where's that coming from? And we looked to the left and there's an actual fucking sewer there, like you would find in most cities in most parks. So yeah. I mean, we we only spent, you know, grand total of about thirty-six hours in town. Um but I mean, other than being right next to graphic packaging, I didn't experience a smell that was
1: offensive. It was a Sunday though, Dan. It was a Sunday. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's that was definitely a that matters. For as big as their parking lot was, there was maybe eight cars there. One of them was a slingshot, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody and drove oh, a slingshot. We saw, we saw someone probably get fired. <laughs> when we drove by and saw that truck that uh the trailer that fell off the truck.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. right yeah. <laughs> right yeah, that knock.
1: guy probably doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so there's of the new 25 jobs coming there. That's he's not one of them.
0: Yeah, so I guess like what what are we what are we supposed to take out of this based on what we based on what we know. So you you have Brandy Crawford who is a a top of the line activist you can tell she gives a shit right and then you have scott who's kind of in the business mm-hmm. of uh, uh he cuz i don't think he ever really told us i mean he told us his credentials but i don't think he ever told us exactly what he does um but he's
1: he mentioned that he's worked uh in waste or in water treatment and wastewater treatment which are two different things
0: yeah and so he's 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 kind of in the more scientific realm of what's actually going on to your, on here is where Brandy is more in the activist realm of what's going on here. And Scott to me was more of a, he's more of a, he, you could tell based on the way that he had issues with the way places like status Quo are covering Kalamazoo. Um, you know, us until he actually talked to us. Uh, I think he's, I think he's grown on us a little bit, or at least I hope, um, He's more we of an anal- than him. You mean he's more of an, well, that's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, so he's more of an analytical data driven, like, Hey, just the facts man kind of person. Um, And it's interesting because I can appreciate both of those perspectives.
1: A hundred percent because they both had like, even like there's more than one way to skin a cat, so to speak. And both of these people, actually speaking on bringing attention to this kind of stuff is going to solve problems. You know, just a little update. Uh, Fox 17 West Michigan had an article come out um, 22 days ago at this point, that class action suit filed against graphic packaging international in Kalamazoo. And it names. uh, Governor Whitmer Eagle EPA. NGPI, the city of Kalamazoo, uh, all like in the suit, you know, about regarding hurting the people, hurting the people of Kalamazoo. The company has been under investigation, you know, like as we know by this point, if you're listening, they've been under investigation by Eagle. And, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's things that are happening now because of a collective voice from two people like this to where on the, like on the, the miners and the minor details, they, you know, they were, they were far apart, but on the major macro scale, they were on the same level of things. And like, the, I, I, yeah, I, they both, they
0: both had the understanding that graphic packaging is polluting Kalamazoo.
1: Yeah. It's, I, I don't want to, yeah, go ahead. If you want to, if you want a minor on the minors and major on the majors, if you talk to either one of these people, you would come away with the same conclusion that graphics packaging isn't a good company, and they're being well, they negligent money. How, yeah, and being negligent and how they uh, take the responsibility of being a community member. I'm wondering how you feel
0: about Redditor Scott's. Um, because i mean he knows more than we do and and i found a lot of what he said very interesting with regards to uh the epa right because the epa applies a lot more than just the kalamazoo situation right we talk we talk about the epa when it comes to east palestine when it comes to flint when it comes to you know essentially any i mean now you know just our our, our show that we just recorded uh the the, the yellowstone disaster where the bridge collapsed and we had a bunch of shit dumped into the Yellowstone river. Um, the EPA. I'm not going to say Scott was like defending the EPA necessarily, but he, he kind of brought us a little bit more grounded to like what the EPA actually is, which was just, yeah, no like, it's just, it's just a bunch of lawyers.
1: Mm-hmm, right. I was just going like, to say that. That they are. They're just a bunch of lawyers. They have to be careful. They're not going to make a big stink about things because what their job is, is to bring cases and to litigate things and to stop things. Mm -hmm. They're not there to showboat because they can hurt their cases. So they're not going to release a bunch of articles about different things that are atrocities in the country. Because their job is to come in, find the faults and fix them through litigation. Mm hmm. And it did. It gave me a lot of clarity thinking about it that, you know what, he has a very good point about the EPA when he says things like that. They're not going to all of a sudden just start posting articles that this is happening in Kalamazoo because that's going to hurt their case of trying to solve the problem in Kalamazoo.
0: Right. Well, not necessarily posting articles, but like they're not going to talk to MLive, right? They're not going to talk to us. They're not going to talk to any 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 journalists, you know, about this kind of stuff because because lawyers are smart. You know, in that way, I guess, and I wish, I wish I had asked Scott this question. And Scott, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're listening to this, and I'd, I'd be happy to, uh, to get your take on this. And uh, you know, we can talk about it in future episodes. But one of the things that we've talked about a lot on this show, not necessarily with the EPA, but with any government agency, and, and we know this happens again. Not speaking directly about the EPA, but we know that this happens. Where government agencies, you know, they have their attorneys, you know, they have their lawyers, and they're they have what we call corporate capture, right? So essentially, what happens is uh, the lawyers that work for the you know government agency ABC are essentially given positions as lobbyists, as uh, attorneys for certain, um, uh, corporations, whatever it is, uh, that then take those corporations, best interests and bring them to the forefront when it comes to lawmaking, when it comes to lawsuits, et cetera, et cetera. I don't see a reason why the EPA would somehow be different
1: in that regard. If that makes sense, Corey? No, that does make sense. And I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, those are things that you do have to keep in mind about these different organizations and these different institutions, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why we do put pause on things. We don't put blind trust in these institutions. I'm not knocking someone who does. If they really believe that it's a good faith thing, you know, and because they want to, they more or less, even if the evidence doesn't necessarily 100% prove it, they want to believe that. And the EPA, at the end of the day, their job is to do that, and they are going to they, and in some aspects, they do. You know, they've been involved in this, and now that uh, like just a quick update, um, the uh, GPI and Eagle entered a consent agreement in February, which has entailed one hundred nine thousand dollars, one hundred nine two hundred seventy thousand dollars in fines, and in order to follow a compliance plan. GPI says it expects to finish installing equipment to reduce odors by the end of the year. Fox seventeen learned GPI also plans to combat hydrogen sulfide emissions by adding a wet scrubber system to its wastewater treatment plant. GPI is also looking at the possibility of redirecting some of its water discharge away from an area deemed to be an odor source. So things are happening, and, and it, it kind of—I'm kind of, not going
0: dis- to say it disproves uh, what I just said, but it definitely put some pressure (laughs) on what i just said as far as you know the epa uh, attorneys that work for the epa getting jobs within um within the 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 the, what's the word i'm looking for the industry in which they regulate because that does happen we see it a lot with we see it a lot with the pharmaceutical industry
1: yes so that brings the question is, is like how much of this was bureaucracy that sandbagged this and how much is this people trying to look for their next job that sandbagged this?
0: Good day to you, fellow intellectual idiots. If you're this far into the show, we're guessing that you probably like it. So we would just like to ask you to hit pause and on whatever platform you're listening, just leave us a quick review. It really does help us grow and gives us an opportunity to bring you even more great content in the future. And we'd also like to ask you to just press that share button and just send this episode to one friend that you think might be interested in our line of conversation. The best way for podcasts to grow in the sea of millions of podcasts really is through word of mouth. So every little bit helps and we appreciate you all. So let's get back to the show.
1: There's really not any data either way to prove for or against. But when you have other industries like the FDA that's heavily funded by private and private industries and stuff like that, it's not hard or I don't think too out of bounds to try to connect dots and that type of scenario to be like, okay, come on.
0: Yeah. So like the, the correlate or not correlation, but the comparison,
1: a lawsuit suing all these people to make things like this happen.
0: Yeah. So like the, the comparison to that would be the, uh, the F the, the amount of funding for the FDA, right. That comes from the pharmaceutical industry. Like we know this is a real thing. This isn't, you know, where, where is that when it comes to, you know, uh, more environmental stuff? I don't know, honestly, like I'm sitting here telling you, I don't actually know, but I, what I do know is that these things happen within government agencies, particularly large ones like the FDA I gotta believe the EPA is pretty similar, but I could I I'm not gonna say that that's true. Maybe for some for some reason the EPA is the one that is different. I don't know.
1: No, yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Like it's like it's our job to kind of look at everything with a side eye. You know what I mean? Like that's we're not gonna take anything any of them say at face value because time and time again they've proved they, it's made us kick ourselves in the ass proving that we have to look into them and try to hold them accountable.
0: So what's your, what's your take on, I guess your overall take on, on Brandy Crawford's interview, because my overall take was this and then I'll let you answer. I don't know why I would, why do I always do that? I like ask you a question and then like give my answer first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're giving me, you're giving me time to mull it over, Dan.
0: (laughs) I guess so. So like my my overall take on on Brandy's interview is that she absolutely gives a shit. Mm-hmm. And she she like you don't you don't get so deep into uh, an activist's mentality like she has without actually caring. I guess the caution that I would I would bring with regards to her activism because we see this all the time and it's 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 done with so much virtue and it's not that you know th- there's no there's no grifting there's no nefariousness going on but i think a lot of times what happens with people that get so involved with activism is that you you kind of have almost like the, the like the RFK junior effect right that we're seeing right now where like RFK junior you know clearly gives a fuck about uh folks maybe possibly getting hurt from vaccines. And I'm not just talking about COVID, um, but vaccines overall to where, where it gets to a point that you, you, you almost roll down the road of, you know, should I say the word conspiracy? I maybe I, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. It's tough to, it's tough to really categorize those things but there are some areas in which i think brandy's interview showed us that she is she certainly cares um whether or not she has the correct data when she cares so much about this issue is really really tough to say
1: yeah i know what you mean like you get you get in like you said so deep and you're trying to tell anyone that will listen about the about the issue that you're passionate about. That when finally everyone starts to listen and you're not the main voice anymore. I'm not saying that she's not, you know, as as evidenced by the fact that she is the one that's been in Times magazine. She is the one that is getting these lawsuits filed and stuff like that. But when things finally start to take a turn and go in the way you want, I don't want to necessarily call it you like your meaning, but all of a sudden, like everything you're working towards is coming to an end.
0: It's almost that thing. was like, okay, so if you get graphic packaging to have zero emissions, like obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, but like, let's just say that that goal were achieved. Now what?
1: Well, she would be a great voice for anything else that's happening in the, in the state, you know, in the area, and, you know, we got uh what is it? Uh, Like, uh, like, Well, Flitz kind of on the up and up. Like they're fixing that. But there's what? There's Brownsville. Brownstown, Corey. Brownstown. There's other places in our state that need help and things like this. And she would be a good voice. She's pretty well articulated. You know, she can talk. She can speak. She's not afraid to talk or speak.
0: And she's not afraid to piss people off. We know this.
1: Right. It would be nice to see her. Like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, when something like this is coming to an end, I would like to see her instead of continually chasing this spiral down like the spiral down you want her to
0: be the next Aaron Brockovich. That's what you want.
1: Like yeah, you know, like you'd like to see her. Like, you know, obviously she's getting things done in this city and other places can use her help. Some of the things you might say might be hyperbolic and things like that, but it it grabs attention. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It brings people's eyes to the problem. It It was was her basic awareness that brought this attention to status quo that brought this attention to us. I forgot what I was going to say. That's okay. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it, it happens all the time. I mean, but you did mention Status Quo, and so Status Quo to me, um, I, I really appreciated Scott's point about like the way redditor Scott's point about the way they kind of come in and do these these interviews with just random people and kind of like what they're experiencing and seeing, and then go, and then you know taking them to the internet and going see 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 how bad it is like i i hadn't really thought about it like this because it's an environmental issue but it's very very similar to like when people go and they like interview people about donald trump <laughs> and right. they're like and they're like see how dumb these trump voters are or yeah. it doesn't have to be donald trump that's just a good example because there's a million of them out there you could do the same thing with people that support joe biden but it's like yeah it's like no, there's no way that everybody that voted for Donald Trump is that fucking dumb just like there's no way that everybody who lives in Kalamazoo that is m- might be experiencing some health issues are automatically going to turn to you know the EPA and graphic packaging and what have you. So like the the um, I know I had mentioned in the in the interview with Scott that you know anecdotal stories can serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. when it comes to getting a story out there and i and i still believe that but i also understand what he's saying about like when you just throw up a tiktok video of just like a random guy who says that you know uh, he's being poisoned by graphic packaging m- might not be the best uh, you know place to turn for what's actually going on i i i understand what he's saying and i actually I agree with it. doesn't mean I don't think that anecdotes can apply in the right, in the right place with the right story. I think the example I gave was the Iraq war uh, in the, in the interview. Uh, But I get, I get it. I get what he's saying with, with, you know, kind of the anecdotal, like Frank on the corner story. Maybe that's not the best way to go when it comes to actual communities suffering from actual issues a nationalized story i think is a little bit different
1: right and yeah so i mean hmm so i guess hmm i'm not sure how i was going with that or i want to say next but i guess uh meeting these people talking to these people listening to their stories going to the city and meeting people there and listening to their stories and, you know, meeting, uh, Brian, cause that's another interview. We did <laughs> the man, Yes, the homeless guy, Brian,
0: we did interview a homeless man in Kalamazoo. That was, that was fun. We, we And,
1: uh, that. the, the, uh, stories he gave us, I could not find corroborated anywhere. His, uh, he'll, he'll, he's, he, he accused, graphics packaging of burying chemicals on their land. But I talked to a couple of historians from the city and it couldn't corroborate that with anyone. Um, it's interesting because like what we're coming on, like when we first caught wind of this, it almost seems like we're actually at the tail end of it. Like it seems like it is a problem that is starting to be solved. And honestly like if you could look at this from a whole scale it just shows that activism does work and putting the people trying to hold the powers that be accountable things can get done sometimes it doesn't go as fast as we want and you just have to keep the pressure up because no one wants it to change their way and anything they're doing so like you have to kind of like force a hand and people yeah, are going and, to fight
0: and and so um to a, a point that Scott made about M- these these companies that pollute i mean we'll talk about graphic packaging specifically because that's really what we're talking about here um the thing that they and this makes complete sense the thing that they don't want the most is to be in the media mm-hmm. they don't give a shit about fines they don't give a shit about this or that but like if you if you constantly leave the threat of being national media uh there then maybe they'll they'll actually start to fix things, and I feel like, you know, this is just my feeling, but I feel like that's that maybe what hap- may be maybe what's happening with this class action lawsuit. Um, we'll see how they react to it. We'll see how they respond.
1: We'll see- so they have their statement.
0: So okay, so w- w- we'll see how they respond to that, and we'll see how um, we'll see if they actually get what the EPA says they need to do done by the deadline that they say they're going to get it done and if they do then this is going to be the, the first um, you know environmental issue at least that i know of intimately that was actually solved within house that actually kind of gets done what brandy wants done our first interview and gets done what scott wants done in our second interview where brandy just wants it fixed and Scott wants it fixed, but he also doesn't want to give Kalamazoo a bad name for being a polluted town. And if those two things both happen, God damn it, we'll be the first to tell you. Uh, and that would be fantastic, because I've never heard of that being done before. I'm sure. I, I hope it's been done before, otherwise we're fucked. <laughs> but anyway, right. you have graphic packaging statements. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah,
1: before I even read it, yeah, this is a uh, this. If this is getting fixed, this is a good. This could be a story that has a good ending. Which is, in most cases, isn't necessarily. Yeah, without making Kalamazoo look like shit. Right. Um, So their statement to Fox 17 was, We are currently reviewing the lawsuit, and we will not comment on pending litigation outside of court. As a general matter, we will defend ourselves against any false and misleading claims. We are proud of our work and our record in Kalamazoo and take very seriously our responsibility as a good neighbor, community partner, and employer to 750 people at our Kalamazoo mill. We've invested millions of dollars in facility improvements and monitoring to address environmental concerns. We will continue to build on those enhancements alongside city leaders and state and federal regulators to promote the health and well-being being for our neighbors in Kalamazoo.
0: That just sounds like corporate speak to me.
1: It does call it, sound like corporate speak, but you know what's one thing that's nice and kind of refreshing? Like if they are spending the millions of dollars, the, all of this uh, um, bad press for them isn't making them just pack up and leave because that would also be bad for the city, right? These are jobs. Like think about the livelihoods. These are, these are jobs.
0: Mm-hmm. This
1: is a huge part of the city. And instead of them just going, well, then fuck you guys and leaving. They're actually in, uh, building on their plant. I have another, on like, on their actual website, their odor action plan, it says, that Graphic Packaging, we are proud to call Kalamazoo home. That's why we've invested more than $800 million in the past several years in a new state-of-the-art mill and upgraded equipment and have implemented environmental controls to reduce the potential for nuisance orders near our operations. Since 2019, we have been active participant in the City of Kalamazoo's Order Task Force, which has been studying and addressing the potential for nuisance orders of our operations, the Kalamazoo Water Reclamation Plan, and the potential community sources. Graphics Packaging expects to complete its $8 million commitment for odor mitigation equipment by the end of 2023. The company also increased its annual wastewater treatment operations cost to $2 million to further reduce the potential for orders. This action plan outlines the steps we have taken and will continue to take, both individually and through our position on the Order Task Force, to address the potential for nuisance orders in our community. We know this work has taken even greater importance in light of the findings by the Michigan Department of Health Human Services that lifetime exposure to hydrogen sulfide in the air has the potential to cause chronic nasal irritation in some people. We take this issue seriously and we'll continue to work alongside City of Kalamazoo leaders and state officials to identify, assess, and address potential sources of H2S and other emissions of the community. So this is where I wanted to give Brandy huge props because it's work like hers that makes them even admit that this is happening and do it.
0: That I was wondering when when you were reading that statement, I was wondering if they were ever going to actually like mention hydrogen sulfide. They did. I I, I guess I'll give them. I guess I'll give them. They
1: definitely did. Corporate speak. They downplayed it. You know, they're like, oh, with some just some nasal irritation,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, or nuisance odors, nuisance odors, and then task force. Right. It's like, okay, well, who else is on this task force? And and honestly, maybe this is public knowledge as of this recording. We haven't had time to look into that yet, but it's like every time I hear task force, I'm like, mm, who the hell else is on that? And <laughs> yeah, that sounds like
1: damage control. Yeah, it does. But, you know, one bit. thing interesting too, you know, like, so let's talk a little bit about our actual trip there. You know, we drove by graphics packaging. It was a Sunday, but when you got there and then when you were about uh, a mile, I want to say west of the plant, the wind was blowing in a weird direction that day. we, we, we it was blowing
0: east to west. Yeah
1: and you know we drove around about a quarter of a mile, half a mile out you could smell you know the nasty smells um and then me and you both there was that point we were both in the car and we were, and we were definitely trying to play devil's advocate to any sort of weird feelings we had and things like that i can attest that i think i might have a sensitive uh respiratory system because as of right now on july on june 29th 2023 we've had really bad air quality because of the Canadian fires it's been f- fucking with my eyes it's been fucking with my breathing So when we drove by that plant I did have a weird feeling in my nasal ear ir- like in my nasal cavities and that's could be the nasal irritation and then there was a point where you and I as we were driving away I mentioned I just had a weird little twinge in my head like a headache and you responded with, yeah me too but i didn't want to say anything i wasn't sure i just wanted to play it off
0: doesn't mean anything but it doesn't
1: mean anything but based on the mdhhs testing it revealed hydrogen sulfide and other vocs as the cause of the odors which can lead to nasal irritation and temporary headaches Mm. so i mean those just as much as they couldn't have been they could have been right just issues from being, from around
0: that, being around that plant so imagine living problem. there
1: like that and it's glad i'm glad to see that this stuff is starting to come to an end and we need to continue to hold companies like this in uh accountable because as evidenced by this it can make a change
0: i'm with you man do we have anything else
1: Nope. I just want to thank again. I want to really want to thank Brandy Crawford for coming on and interviewing us. I want to thank Redditor Scott for coming on and interviewing with Can us. You
0: use the word we when you say these things? Cause you're acting like I'm not thanking them. <laughs> oh, sorry.
1: Dan does too. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, thank everybody for listening to this podcast-only episode. And I guess while we're at it, Corey, why don't you tell the people all the places they can find us if you happen to have that in front of you, or I don't know if you're vastly underprepared <laughs> for this episode.
1: Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libsertiveshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at LibsertivePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Mm.
0: And if you are a podcast-only listener, be sure to... Actually, we're changing the schedule, so I don't even know if I can do this. But for now, we are live (laughs) on on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter every Wednesday at right around uh, 7.30. Uh, If you are a podcast-only listener and you'd like to engage with us, give us your comments. Uh, yeah, we
1: read comments here. the ride week.
0: with us. Join
1: us. Yeah. And so, yeah. for Lipsurto, he's Dan Griffin.
0: Oh, my goodness. You threw me all off. And he's Corey Walsh.
1: Can you do yeah, that? I don't that what you, said. <laughs> you threw that. me off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Until next time, we are out of here.
1: We, the people, cannot connect. back to that.